This is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. You have the beginnings of uh, the makings of a Jesus people movement here. If you've read anything about uh, what happened back in the late 60s, early to middle 70s, it was really quite extraordinary because you could walk to a, a group of young people and say peanut butter and half of them would get saved. I mean, it was just, there was such, honestly, such an anointing for bringing people into the kingdom. It was a very unusual season. There was a grace that was upon the whole land. And sometimes you don't know the moment you're in until it's gone. And then you look back and you analyze it. The moment you're in is wonderful, we like it, but we don't always know how unique, how powerful, how glorious that moment is until it's not there anymore. And I don't say that in any kind of a uh, threatening or scary way, it's just that's reality. You, as, as a young person, I, I remember my yes to God, it was, it was all in. I didn't care if I ever owned anything, I didn't care. I didn't care about anything except my yes to Jesus, that was it. And uh, I, I remember uh, the Saturday night where, where I, just, I just said I was all in. I had heard the preaching of our family friend, Mario Murillo, for years, and I would, I would go to anything he was doing and, and just get rocked, but just be resistant. And I remember that Saturday night by myself just saying yes. And uh, there's never been a, a millisecond of reconsideration. Because once you die, you die. There's, there's, something about, there's something about being all in. You know, you're supposed to count the cost before you get all in. But once you're all in, you no longer count the cost. Because you have nothing left that you're your own to count. It's, it's, it's not up for renegotiation. I, I, I didn't say, let's renew this contract every five years. It was, it was just, it was yes, yes. What does that look like? It seems to change season by season, but I, I didn't sign a contract that was filled out. I signed the bottom of a blank page, and he's been filling it out ever since. But that's what happens when you have a Lord, when you have a king. When you have a master, yes, he's father. Yes, he's the lover of my soul. He is all those things, but he scares me. <laughs> Just be really honest. He, he, he does. He, he makes me nervous in all the right ways. He, he invites me close and I don't get it. I don't get it, but you can't say no. I could, I could never earn it. I could never jump through enough hoops. I don't, I don't know enough to jump through the right hoops. I, I remember for me, the things that just terrified me in life. One was talking in front of people I remember taking an F in school on an oral exam because I didn't want to talk in, out loud in front of the class. I was fine as a class clown, but not as anyone to say anything of significance. So just give me an F, I don't care. <laughs> and yet, when you say yes to the one who has something to say, you sometimes find yourself <clears throat> with a greater fear of not speaking than speaking. <clears throat> sometimes there's something locked up in your soul that is almost volcanic in nature and it's, it's not healthy to keep it <laughs> suppressed. It's not smart. It's just, it's just better that we speak and that we say what he's saying. I believe that I'm witnessing something here tonight that, that I will remember when I go home and pray into. We, we need something right now that will honestly invade the nation. And it's gotta be bigger than what any movement or any individual can, 
take credit for. We just need to be the people that fan the flame. It's got to have power, and it's got to have purity. It's got to have the holiness factor, and it's got to have the display of power. It's got to. We need desperately for mothers and fathers that will give of their own lives so that these children that came forward and young people that are already in the room who have said yes, that they, they have people that will believe in them, not control them, but believe in them, empower them, stand behind them. <clears throat> we, we didn't have enough mothers and fathers in the, back in the 70s, you know. A spiritual father was the guy who got saved the week before you did, you know. Just kind of how it worked, you know. But what's happening now has the potential of shaping the course of history for an entire generation. And you have you have the ingredients of that. You have it's it's in the air. I don't know how to describe it. I'm, I'm I didn't come prepared to talk about this at all, I just sat down here. <laughs> Tasting of something I haven't tasted in a while. I've tasted this before. It's, uh, it's beautiful. There's about a thousand things I'd like to say, and I, I'm, I'm kind, of, kind of at a loss in a sense. So let's just see where we go. We'll just kind of go on this little journey together, and we may just go in circles. <laughs> oh, I've seen this before. Oh, I've seen this before. Oh, I've seen this before. But we'll find out. How many of you have had those moments where you just are not hearing clearly from the Lord. How many of you have had those moments when you're not hearing clearly from the Lord, but you can sense his presence, right? That's his voice. You're designed to hear everything about you was seamlessly designed to engage with the great I am. He fashioned you and designed you to perceive him and to engage with him. The problem is, is we think comprehension is the evidence we've heard. Comprehension is at the end of the journey of hearing, but hearing is because he's here. He is the word of God. And so when he is here, he speaks by nature. His very presence speaks. Well, all I feel is peace. Guess what he's saying? See, if I discount my capacity to hear in my effort to be humble or to appear more hungry, then I'm actually discounting the grace that God's put in my life. It doesn't cause me to progress. It doesn't cause me to hear better. To discredit the capacity he's given me to hear only hurts me. He's not offended. He doesn't withdraw. But if I critique something he has done in me, I will always come out wrong. I'll, I'll always fall short of what he's actually doing. <clears throat> A number of years ago, I traveled to Argentina. I wanted to I was invited to work alongside of Randy, Randy Clark and support him, my, my good, good friend. And um, 
but I, I wanted specifically to see Argentina because I had read of the revival that they've had for so many years. I wanted to see it for myself. But I also wanted to, to taste and see. I wanted to experience it. The Bible says taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste is experience, see is perception. What you experience will change your perception. I wanted to go and taste and see and measure, if you will, just for my own curiosity. I didn't broadcast, I don't think I told anybody. But I went and through various connections and time spent with various leaders in the meetings with Randy and with uh, different ones, I, I, uh, I came away uh, deeply impressed with what this nation, what this body of believers was carrying. And I came away with this illustration. They, their move of God was like a big, red, ripe, juicy, sweet apple. And what we were experiencing in Reading was a small, little green, tart, apple, but both are a hundred percent apple. And sometimes you see something that's forming and in the making and as Christians to display our hunger, we critique that which is in the making. And what we end up doing is becoming poor stewards of the grace that God has given us. It isn't, it isn't enhanced by me critiquing it. It's enhanced by me honoring the life that God has given in that, if I can say, forming, growing apple. Revival is that way. You will have people come and they will say, well, this isn't revival. I want to tell them, I'm sure that that three foot circle you're standing in isn't experiencing revival. But the one I'm in is burning. And we're, we're responsible to steward what God has given to us and, and not get so analytical about how far we are or how good we're doing. Just say yes. Every day, just say yes. Let history point back and say how significant it was. You don't need to measure it. You don't, you don't need to measure your faith. Every time I measure my faith, when I open that jar, it evaporated. Whatever was in there a moment ago is now gone. The moment I start looking for my faith, I can't find it anywhere. I have learned the best I can, I can do is just obey God. Just do what he says. After it's over, look back and you can identify, oh, that was by faith. But don't do it in process because you'll get introspective. When you turn inward, I mean, who has gone deep in deep introspection and have come out encouraged. <laughs> We're slow learners, let's be honest. If, if we realized what a trap it was, we would never do it again. The enemy wants me so much to get my eyes off the Lord who is the source of my faith, the source of my strength. And he wants me to put it on me and call it humility, call it hunger, call it intercession, call it any spiritual name you can, because then it gives permission to stay. We have habits of taking dysfunctions in our life and giving them spiritual terms, which enables them to grow. And dysfunctions aren't worthy of that kind of respect and attention. Those things need to be identified for what they are and turned from. So here we are, a people that have actually been designed by the Lord to hear and to perceive God, to engage with God. <clears throat> this is such a complete part of his design for us that in Hebrews 5, it says that we are to have our senses trained to discern good and evil. Senses, sight, smell, hearing, touch, our senses trained. In fact, in Hebrews 5, it's actually the mark of a mature teacher is that his senses are trained to discern good and evil. I remember one Sunday morning at home, I was sitting right here in my, you're in my chair, no. So, <laughs> I was sitting right down here where I, I normally sit and, uh, and the whole front was just crammed with people, you know, the, the Holy Ghost mosh pit was going. 
Oh my goodness, sometimes it gets a little crazy. I, I would rather error on the side of a hair of a little bit of excess than less lack. You know, that's that's just my bent. I mean, we've had people. Oh, one guy is dressed as Braveheart. You know, is half painted blue, and he's got a wooden sword. He runs to the front of the sanctuary. Ah! A woman comes in with a wedding dress and combat boots. That was a good combination. That was a picture of the bride of Christ right there. So we have things happen, you know, things happen. I, I'm not real quick to react, so. Was that God? I don't know, let's wait and find out, I don't know. <laughs> Come back next week, let's see, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't always understand. So I was sitting right here and we were worshiping and the place was just crowded. This young lady came, stood in front of me and, and uh, began to do some strange things, but you keep it in context. <laughs> we have strange things, always. I, mean, I had a guy run across, he's doing flips, like, like at a circus. It ran, and, it, and then he ran back and did it again and ran back again. And, and he looked at me and I went, one more. So he, he did it again. He left happy, I was happy. It was, it was, no, nobody was injured, it was good, you know? No, nobody was injured. So the, I thought, well, that's the best way to end it is just to say one more, you know? So, so this gal comes, she stands in front of me and uh, she begins to, you know, give expressions that were just a little strange, but again, in context. And uh, so I'm, I'm standing there worshiping, and I just noticed it got cold, got freezing cold. And I start, I, I thought for a moment, I thought, you know what, I remember this very strange story, I'm not gonna go into it, but my brother had this demonic encounter, and uh, his office was absolutely freezing. It was on the same heating system as a series of offices, and that just came to my mind. So I, I was standing right, right down here just in worship and this gal's right in front of me doing what she's doing. And it wasn't you know, outrageously strange, it was just unique and I felt strange about it. But sometimes, sometimes the Lord will actually turn off the way you're good at hearing so you'll learn to hear a different way. Wow. Kind of forces you to hear a different way. So what you're good at, he shuts down because he's trying to help us to grow. We, that's what we asked for. And so it's just freezing cold here, and I thought, that's weird. So I walked over here about 10 or 12 feet away, and it, was, and it was completely fine. It was warm, good temperature here. It was cold right there, and I thought, all right, that's weird. So I went to our head dancer, and her name is Summer, and I said, uh, Summer, I need you to go up there and break some. I didn't tell her what was happening, didn't, didn't make any big deal out of it. She got on that side of the stage, she raced across that stage, and as soon as she did, it was like this young lady was held up by puppet strings and somebody cut the strings. She collapsed to the ground, just like that, collapsed. It wasn't a typical, I'm gonna sit down kind of a thing. She collapsed. A, a, a power that sustained her was broken. How, I don't know, I, I, I don't know. You don't stop to figure that stuff out, you just do what he says. If you don't know what he's saying, do your best. And so I did, and so she collapsed to the ground. The worship team, of course, they don't know anything that's going on. They're just exalting Jesus, the whole congregation. And I, I pointed out the situation to my wife. She was next to me, and she leaned over and took her through deliverance and I gave her a group discount, got rid of all of them. It's great. <laughs> People need more group discounts is what they need. So, so she, she is free. So the point was, was senses trained to discern good and evil. If you work in a bank and they train you to recognize counterfeit currency, you know this, you only study real currency. You don't study counterfeit currency. You only study, you, you become overly exposed to the intricate detail of that $100 bill so that if you see something that's counterfeit, you might not even know why. 
You just know it's not right. Something's not right with it. It's the touch. It's the sight. It's the color. It's something. You can just tell something's not right. And the way your senses get trained to discern good and evil is that you learn to come alive in the glory, in the presence. And it's in that place you start activating all of who you are to recognize him. I know it sounds strange, and just talking about this, I give weird people an opportunity to be even weirder. <laughs> I, it follows me everywhere. I, I know that that's true. I know that, I know that people that are, just have a bent towards weirdness will get weirder still. I know that. But I'm leaving town, so it's all right. It's a, <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, honestly, the reason I'm willing to take that risk at home is it's worth the risk because what if somebody discerns God by touch? What if my wife and I were driving from a mountain community to Reading years ago and we were singing in the spirit of two boys were in the back seat. They became unusually quiet and calm, which was a sign and a wonder equal to parting the Red Sea. <clears throat> and we were just singing in the spirit in the car filled with this fragrance. I didn't want to talk about it because I didn't want to jinx it, you know. I didn't want it to somehow, so I, I just kept driving, you know. And we were just singing in the spirit and then I started, I could taste it. It was, it was actually like granules of sugar on my tongue. I'll never forget it as long as I live. Senses trained. See, there's things in the glory that you were born for. We are actually, we're, we're wired for this kind of lifestyle. What you enjoy tonight is the normal Christian life. And yet there's more. It's, it's in the volume, it's in the yes, it's in the sacrifice, and it's also in the stillness. It's just in the glory. It's just in the presence. That's what I was born for. See, the scripture says, all have sinned and fallen short of the so we were designed for the glory. So what did salvation restore us to? The glory. You can't give him glory if you don't have any. I'll try it on this side. You can't give him glory if you don't have any. Those two, you had a chance when I was over there. You had a I, I get that the Lord won't give his glory to another. I understand that. And, and people who, who work to compete with God, rob his glory. I get that. But in serving him, you're not another. Your yes is in perfect alignment with his yes. In fact, it's because of his yes. Strange thing happened. This lady comes in to Jesus and she's got this alabaster vial full of ointment, perfume. You've read it, you've heard it preached on. It's one of the great stories. In fact, it will be told of her throughout eternity. So you will, when you go to heaven, you will see her and people will go, that's her. <laughs> and you will go, because it's, it is so impressed God. See, here's the amazing thing is you can actually, you can actually impress God. You can mark his heart with a wow. So much so that David so moved the heart of God that God the Father calls his son the son of David. How does that work? How does that work that you... You so move the heart of God that he says, I'm going to call my son your son. So here's this woman with the alabaster vial. She breaks it. She pours it all over Jesus. She's got her hair. She wipes it into his feet. And how many of you believe it was all for Jesus? It was. It was absolute abandonment to Jesus. But guess who walked out of the house smelling the same way Jesus did? the woman who gave all because you're not another. Having senses trained.
It's the curiosity. It's not an invitation to be weird. It's not an invitation to uh, to be you know in competition uh, as more spiritual than somebody else. Never use your gift to promote you in the eyes of others. Whatever you obtain through self-promotion, you have to sustain through self-promotion. It's exhausting. It's an exhausting job. And so here's this opportunity for us to actually learn how to recognize the voice of God. How does he speak? So many ways different than voice. He speaks through presence. He speaks through unusual circumstances, unusual coincidences. He just, he's always talking. But when I'm trying to comprehend everything, then I restrict how he can speak to me because then he can only speak to me in words instead of in touch, instead of in shape, instead of in numbers, instead of in circumstance. See, you are, you are spiritual beings. You are a spirit that has a soul that has a body. I have to sleep, I have to eat, I have to have exercise. It keeps my body healthy. I have emotions, I have an intellect, I have a will. Those things have to be guarded and taken care of. Mental health is important, it's critical that we learn how to sustain mental health. And I'll give you what I believe the Lord spoke to me about a year and a half ago. The key to mental health is giving thanks and everything. And the key to emotional health is rejoicing always. The key to heart health, keeping a pure heart, is to pray without ceasing. Learn to do those three things and there's ongoing health. So here we are, we're spiritual beings. Here's the deal. I need rest. I need rest for my emotions. I need rest for my mind. It's not good for me to go to bed with a lot of things on my mind. That means I'm gonna stay awake. It's, they war against the, God's design for me. But your spirit man needs no rest. See, while you're sleeping, the Holy Spirit comes upon your spirit man and speaks. And you may not wake up in the morning with a revelation that you can share with everyone, but you face a decision that afternoon and you're unusually ready. Why? Because he set you up. You're in a worship time like this where you sense the presence of the Lord everywhere. In fact, you have to, you have to almost run away from it to get away. You know, it's, it's like he's everywhere. He's just permeating the atmosphere. What's happening? No, he's depositing grace, insight. There's things this week that you'll face that you just received instruction for. You don't understand it yet because if you did, you would exalt yourself because of the process. We'd be too, we'd be too caught up in our ability to hear instead of the yes that takes us in to the presence as a yielded person. See, great faith doesn't come from striving, it comes from surrender. It's surrender, it's the yieldedness, it's the yes. And so he touches you, he ministers to you. Some of you, when you leave tonight, you'll talk with a friend and they'll say something and it will just, it will just have that, it'll just leave that mark on your heart. You may not even know why, but you're just being set up with information you'll need later this week or maybe it's next month. Sometimes he puts thoughts, concepts in us that we're not ready for, we can't develop yet, but the thought is there. And he, he makes sure that we have this conversation, this relationship, and we listen to this worship song, and we have this person teach, we have all these things that are enhancing what he's put in us, why? Because he's preparing us for a decision that we'll need to make next month. There'll be an opportunity to step and to share the gospel with somebody, we'll need an extra bit of courage we didn't have before and he's, he's just building us with these encounters. So never underestimate the brilliance of that sense of peace because that is his voice. He's speaking. If we live with an awareness that he's continuously ministering to us, he's always giving us these kinds of downloads, then we live with a greater confidence that we are being prepared for what's ahead of us. We're being prepared. I like to engage with the presence of the Lord um, as I go to sleep at night. I like to turn my heart of affection towards him. 
in the book of Genesis 1, it says there was night and there was day, which made up the first day. So your day begins at night. A lot of people would have better days if they had better nights. If you, you just take that time just to tune your affection. I, I don't, I'm not looking to intercede. I'm not looking to change the world. I'm, I'm just looking to go to sleep in an embrace with the Spirit of God. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for that, that engagement with a person <clears throat> so that as I sleep, he guards me, he teaches me, he empowers me, he comforts me, he heals me. All the things that he does, he does because we're in this embrace. I wake up for whatever reason, just wake up or there's a noise, or I have to use the restroom or whatever it might be. That heart goes back to that engagement. Because I know that he, in these moments of presence, these moments of peace, he's, he's doing stuff in me to make me more complete, to make me more ca capable of confronting the impossible realities that he has assigned for me. None of us are qualified enough. None of us are skilled enough, gifted enough. Jesus can do everything that we can do better. He, he, he doesn't need our gifts. You know, somebody, I go to somebody says, man, it was a, you sang a beautiful song. And they tell me, no, nah, it wasn't me, it was Jesus. I always want to tell them, yeah, it wasn't that good. It was, it was good, but it wasn't that good. I mean, if Jesus would have sung that, he would have created galaxies in the first verse, you know. <laughs> None of us are have enough, but with him empowering us, this is gonna sound a little strange to you, but if I say what the Father is saying, as Jesus said what the Father is saying, what I say has the same power as Jesus. <laughs> now, Jesus is eternally God. He can make anything happen at any time, but he chose to live with limitation as a human being, and he defined himself as the Son of Man can do nothing. So he had emptied himself. Still eternally God, but he chose to live with limitations. Why? So we'd have an example to follow. He showed us what yes looks like. He showed us the fulfillment of the prayer on earth as it is in heaven. He illustrated perfect theology. He was the walking evidence of an absolutely wonderful and perfect father. Everything he did was to affirm that. It was moment with the woman caught in adultery as a father-daughter moment. All of, these, all of these moments that you see sprinkled throughout the New Testament, they're always revealing the Father. And this nation is aching for a revelation of the Father. It would just fix everything. Every economic, political, racial, you name it. Pandemic, it doesn't matter what it is. All of that stuff grows in the absence of the Father. And it's not to point a finger, it's to open a door and say, here's an opportunity. We have the chance to show what he's like. He's a father. Fear will always attract whatever information is needed to legitimize its existence. Fear will always attract whatever information is needed to legitimize its existence. Fear attracts information that becomes the food that sustains the spirit of fear.
in a person and or in a culture? The answer is not found in debate. It's found in a people who have the courage to love well. So you were designed to hear from God, to perfectly seamlessly connect with God. Everything about you, your physical body, your capacity to understand. Some of you don't, under, don't realize that that great idea that you had was given to you in the middle of the night. That great idea of how you were to do something special for one of your children was actually deposited in the night. You don't realize that that creative idea you had for that very special vacation that so blessed your entire family, it actually was deposited during a worship service. We have this capacity to hear and we're always perceiving and hearing. But sometimes our attention is on AM and he's speaking on FM. Sometimes our attention is on, well, this is the way he's always spoken to me. I remember I went to pray for a lady once. She, we were ready to go. The meeting was over in the morning and Sunday morning in another city. And, and there was a lady standing right over to the side. And the pastor said, would you mind praying for one more? And she was the only one left. And I, I said, no, that, that's fine. So I went over and asked if I could pray for her. And she, she, said, <laughs> she said, I'm usually uh, healed when my husband prays for me. I, went, I thought, well, if you don't want me to pray, that's fine. I'm hungry for lunch. You know? <laughs> so I, I pushed in a little farther because I could tell that was my assignment. So I pushed in a little far, farther. It, it, it took about 20 minutes just to get to, 15 minutes maybe, just to get to where I could actually pray because she had objections to every, and I usually don't fight that hard. If somebody doesn't want me to pray for them, you know, enjoy your moment. I don't know what else to say. But, but she just had an objection every step along the way. And finally, I, I said, well, let me just pray. So I started to pray for her. And, uh, and I stopped. I said, do you need to forgive anyone? And that's, that's not a normal thing for me because it comes off as an accusation. And I, I don't ever like to make people, you know, I, I don't want to make that automatic. I said, I'm just curious. And she said, you don't realize what they've done to me. I went, oh brother. <laughs> and she, she just, she wouldn't forgive. Now, forgive me if this is outside of how you function, but when I'm talking to somebody that won't forgive, my conversation is over. There's nothing I can do, you know, there's nothing I can do. I can't force somebody and if they don't forgive, they're stuck. So I basically just tell them, you know, when, you, when, you, when you're ready to take care of that, talk to your pastor, whatever. And, and uh, but I just, I had this thing come on me where I, I felt like, okay. So I just prayed for her anyway. And she was instantly healed. And when she realized it, she dropped to her knees and she said, I didn't deserve it. It was that, it was that what a father does. It's not sometimes what a pastor does. But it is what a father does. He just, he crossed that line and he said, I'm gonna give it to you anyway. And it was the testimony to her of what he's like. It was the, it was the missing piece that she needed. And she fell to her knees in repentance because the father just went over that line. And that's, don't, don't tell me what you need. Tell me what they need and be that. Does that make sense? Many people want you to teach on honor because they don't feel they receive enough honor. Oh, shut up. <laughs> honor is not, not about what you receive, it's about what you give. Don't, don't tell me what you need, you just give it, you'll, you'll get what you need. So here's this, here's this, this lady who just tastes of something that reveals his nature, and this is the great privilege we have in life. What I want to do tonight is 
is in, invite you into this. Well, you're already in it, but let me maybe define it for you a little bit more. You're in this journey learning to perceive him. It's, it, there, there are things, it, you, you ever in a room with somebody who talks very soft and you just can't hear them, they're on the other side, or let's be more honest, you're in a restaurant and you're trying to eavesdrop for somebody two tables away. <laughs> and you lean over the booth and you do everything you can to possibly hear. That's what it is when you want to hear his voice. You're anticipating. You're not saying, God knows my address. If he wants to speak to me, he knows what I need. I used to have this massage chair. I'm going to get another one. But I sold it with our last house. But it is the will of God. Will of God. Capital W, capital I, capital double L. Will of God. I would sit in there in that chair and, of course, push the appropriate buttons. And my wife, Benny, would say, I'm going in the kitchen. You want something to eat? I'd go, yeah, I'm starving. So she brings food in. I'm starving enough to eat what she brings to me. Not starving enough to get out of the massage chair to go get it myself. And a lot of Christians are starving enough They'll eat if you bring it to them in the massage chair. But they're not leaning into the voice enough to pick up the most subtle hints of his voice. That smell, that sound. You don't always understand, but you're always impacted. You don't always understand, but like Mary, Mary... The Gabriel, the angel, shows up and says, you're going to give birth to the Christ child. She says, how can that be? I'm a virgin. He says, the Spirit of God is going to come upon you and you'll conceive. I'm not sure she understood any more after he answered the question than she did before. <laughs> and so she prayed this prayer that I have prayed countless times through the last 40-some years. Be it unto me according to your word. Say that with me. Be it unto me according to your word. Say it again. Be it unto me according to your word. She was declaring, let your word, remember he spoke the worlds into being. Let your declared word have its full impact on who I am. I'm not asking to comprehend it. I don't need to understand it. I want to, I love understanding. I love knowledge, I love wisdom, I love understanding. It's the thrill of my life to grow in those things. But it's the willingness to live with mystery that attracts revelation. It's the willingness to live with what you don't understand simply because it came from him that actually attracts fresh insight, fresh revelation. I don't know that wisdom comes to the gifted. I don't know that revelation comes to those have un, who have unusual skills. I think it mostly comes to people that have just said yes without any restrictions. I want you to look at one portion of scripture with me and then we're gonna wrap this up and pray. We've, we've already been here basically two days. <laughs> it's in John chapter six. You guys had service this morning, so this is marathon day for you guys. Congratulations. Yeah, it is. Congratulations, Jesus image. You, you've been here all day. And then I came and preached the eternal gospel as I did this morning. So that's, that's the way it works. All right. Here's what I want you to, to look at. There's just this bizarre story in John 6. It's a personal favorite. This is where Jesus has a crowd. He's fed, <clears throat> he's fed thousands, possibly in the neighborhood of 20,000 people. 
uh, with the multiplying of loaves and fishes. So if you can imagine him in this crowd, he's been healing the sick, he's been raising the dead, the food is multiplied, everybody's happy as can be, and the disciples are enjoying this place of warm, fuzzy fame. And they're with Jesus, and Jesus stands up and he says, uh, you know, you guys, you're going to have to eat my flesh. (laughs) And you can just see the crowd going, did he say eat his flesh? I think so. And you see the crowd, because the Bible actually describes it. Read through chapter 6. They start murmuring and, and going, what? Things were going so good. You can see the disciples going, oh no, oh no. He's going to do that thing again. And Jesus can see the crowds getting upset. He never bothers explaining. Anytime you think God owes you an explanation, reread the contract. He owes you nothing. If you get it, it's a gift. But until then, you say yes. So Jesus sees everybody's upset. And he says, you also have to drink my blood. He he doesn't tone it down. He tones it up. He doesn't doesn't dial it down to make everybody feel comfortable with the moment. He says, yeah, let's crank this up a notch. And so he cranks it up. And he does this, I think, three times in his sermon. By the time he's done, everybody's left. Now that's church growth at its finest right there. (laughs) All of you leaders who have used Gideon to encourage yourself, you have a better one. Jesus lost 20,000 and ended up with 12. (laughs) And here he's in this moment and he speaks to Peter, or he speaks to the disciples it says, verse 66, it says, from that time many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. It's amazing. Then Jesus said to the 12, do you also want to go away? Simon Peter answered him and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Now, most of us <clears throat> love Peter a lot for a lot of reasons, but one is we identify with somebody who makes so many blunders. You know, we feel comforted, like Jesus didn't forsake him, I'm in, I'm in. (laughs) But Peter actually, this is one of his most profound comments. Because this is what happened in this story. Jesus is teaching things that are offending everybody's minds. And some were waiting for comprehension to know they've heard from God. Peter was waiting for something to move him on the inside. So here's this crowd. They all start murmuring. You can see the crowd dissipating. You can see the disciples concerned that their movement is coming to an end. And you got to know, remember, they're competing for who sits on the right and who sits on the left. They're competing for position, for posture, because they think he's going to establish kingdom in Jerusalem now and have vindication on the Romans. That's what they're vying for. And they're looking at a lost opportunity. And you've got to understand, they're feeling deeply insecure at the moment. And so Jesus says, you guys going to go too? And Peter makes this statement that is so profound. Peter says, where are we going to go? We burned all our bridges. Our yes was so complete, we have no more options. And then he said this phrase, you have the words of eternal life. This is so significant. Look back at verse um, 63. Jesus said to the group, he said, it's the spirit who gives life, the flesh profits nothing. Here's the phrase. The words I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Just follow this. I'll be through in a moment. the words that I speak to you are spirit and that spirit gives life. So picture this. Here's Jesus Christ, the son of God, 
The Bible calls him in John 1, the Word made flesh. So he is in the flesh. I, I tell people, don't tell me you love Jesus, you don't love the Bible. This is Jesus in print. <clears throat> I don't understand everything I read. So? If you understood it all, you'd have a God your size. I don't remember what I read. I don't remember what I had for breakfast last Friday, but it still nourished me. <laughs> so he says, my words to you are spirit. What is he saying? The word of God is made flesh, but now whenever Jesus talks, his words become spirit. What did Peter say? You have the words of eternal life. Here was what I believe Peter was, was announcing. I'll put it in my terms. Jesus, we don't understand your sermon about eating flesh and drinking blood any more than the crowd that left. All we know is that whenever you talk, we come alive inside. <laughs> All we know is that whenever you speak, we find out why we're alive. The whole point was he, they were nourished by a word that offended them. But it nourished them because they received it. They didn't leave like the crowd. They stayed in the middle of an offensive word and it led them to eternal life. It fed them with life. When Satan came to Jesus, said, turn the stone into bread, Jesus quotes a passage from the Old Testament. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You are alive because God talks. You are alive. You are able to sit here in sanity, most of you. In sanity. In, in you're sane. There we go. Insanity. That just wasn't working well. Well, I've got to use a better, never mind. Insanity. All right. You're sitting here completely sane because he speaks. Man lives by what proceeds from the mouth of God. You are alive in Christ because he speaks into your spirit. He speaks into your soul. He restores your soul. He brings life to you. He makes you cross paths with that person that just says that one thing. And if you want hope, it's there for you. If you want faith, all you have to do is listen. If you're leaning in and inviting that voice to come and to deposit in you, you will have more than you will ever need. Even in the middle of your most offensive moments, when 20,000 people leave what you said yes to, there's still nourishment for your soul in that moment. You were designed to hear. Stand, please. <clears throat> I'm, we're going to pray for folks, and, and uh, I should have told you at the beginning, if you get through before I do, just go home. <clears throat> we're going to have a team up here in a few minutes. We're going to call up certain words of knowledge and pray for people. And, uh, and I, we'll do that somewhat quickly, and then we'll have a team up here to pray for whoever wants prayer. But I feel like, I feel like I, I want to have an altar call, but I don't want you to come up. I just want you to, in your heart, come up. It's, what I'm asking for, I don't know if I've ever done it like this before, but I feel like, I, I feel like I'm inviting you to, to lean in. Yes. You hear a conversation and you want to, you want to be a part. I remember when I was, oh goodness, 10 years old or so, my parents would have guests over to the house and they'd be out in the living room laughing and I would have to go to bed. That stinks. I remember crawling down the hall. Bedroom's here, hallway's here. The fun room with all the people was there. And I would crawl to the end of the hall and I would lay there because I just didn't want to miss anything. 
every once in a while they would see me and make me go to bed. But occasionally, oh, come on in. And it was worth the risk. It was worth the risk. Because who knows? I may get to join in the fun. It was always worth the risk. And I believe he's looking for kids that will crawl to the end of the hall and just say, I don't want to miss anything. I was born for this. You designed me for this. You designed me to be a hearer. You designed me to perceive you, to recognize you, to grow daily in my experience with you. Continuous affection and worship stirs up in my soul for you. I'm a living offering for you. I just don't want to miss it. I'm at the end of the hall again. I don't want to miss it. So, Father, give a grace. You designed us for this already. It's not like you have to create it. I'm just, I'm saying, Lord, do something to help us to stop getting in the way and to somehow enhance how you've been talking our entire life. You've been talking day after day after day with our senses, with our imagination with our inspired thoughts, with our feelings. My daughter was babysitting this little girl years ago. and <clears throat> they, My mom, my wife, and my daughter took her out to lunch. And so they're sitting there. And she was just kind of depressed. And the little girl was. She's like two, three years old, something like that. And they asked what's wrong, and she identified some things. But she was very moved by the brown butterflies on the tall building downtown. It's the jailhouse. A little girl who knows nothing about that building is impacted by what's coming from the place. Brown, dark butterflies that are surrounding the building. She saw something of the demonic that was robbing an entire group of people from their purpose. A little child picked it up. That. Open our eyes to that. Open our eyes to that. Open our eyes to the childlike approach to life that just says, by nature we hear. By nature we hear. <clears throat> Say this with me. It is my nature to hear from God. And I say yes. Increase that in us tonight, I pray. Increase that. I also pray that you would increase the dream life, the encounters, the visions, the small impressions, the strong impressions, all of these things that <clears throat> what I saw earlier tonight, this Jesus people movement would have a company of trusted trusted, seasoned saints that say yes. That regardless of age would be mothers and fathers of a movement for a generation that doesn't know the left hand from the right. They've, they've lost, many have lost all perception of reality. And I'm, I'm praying, Lord, that your presence as the almighty God, as the perfect loving Father, that you do something in this company of people tonight that would be so far-reaching, so far-reaching. I want, we're going to take a moment. I, <clears throat> I, I honestly felt, it might have even been better, I felt like I could just stand up tonight and just say, a Jesus people movement is beginning. I'm going to ask you to pray into that. Just however that looks to you, just pray into it. Pray into it out loud. You don't have to yell and scream, but... Don't, don't keep it happy thoughts in your head, not tonight. Tonight I want you to pray out loud for this and then we'll move into the rest of the meeting. <clears throat> Let me hear you pray. Include your yes in the prayer. Include your yes in the prayer. Thank you, Lord God. 
Thank you, Most High God. <clears throat> Dreams in the night. God, we ask you to awaken even neighbors, those who live close to us with dreams, with visions, encounters, like you've done with the 1040 window, the various parts of the, of the planet where people are awakened at night seeing a man in white. We're asking that for Florida. We're asking that for this part of the nation, that there would be people awakened in the night because they've encountered the Almighty God. We pray for that. God, increase that. Pray into this, folks. Pray into this right now. Pray into this right now that there be an absolute visitation of God on everybody who lives around you simply because you're there. Pray for it. Pray for them by name. Lift your voices. Lift your voices. We declare that visitation of God, encounters with God in the marketplace, in the business place, in the various churches represented encounters with God off the charts outside of what we're accustomed to rearrange our understanding of who you are and what you're like oh, that's awesome there's a red you've got a sweatshirt back there that says Jesus people come on I didn't even see that. I, I could have used that as encouragement earlier. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Grab the hand of the person next to you. We'll make this our final thing before we pray for some people. And I want you to, I'm sorry, I, I don't know if you guys hold hands or not. I, it's too late. It's too, if you don't, Bomber, you've been sitting there all night and you still don't know who they are. I want you to pray for them. I want you to give yourself in prayer right now for the person on your right and left. Listen to me. If they hear from God and know it, it'll change everything. If they hear from God, if they know they've heard from God, it changes everything. No more guesswork. Clarity of heart, clarity of mind. God is speaking and we want to learn to recognize his voice. Lift your voices, pray for that one, and then uh, we'll wrap this up. Thanks, Lord. Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we pray that there would be an explosive movement, Jesus people movement that has purity and power, that you would do that here. We ask that it would be mirrored on the West Coast, that the, the coast would unite in a yes to the Lord Jesus Christ, that all the debates, all the, the uh, arguments would be silenced because the presence of the Almighty God has become manifest, that the word of the Lord would be declared into public houses, into places of uh, offices and state offices and government. We declare the declared word of the Lord, that from this group prophets would rise to stand in places, influential places, to bring the word of the Lord. And I ask God that you'd give this company of people an unusual grace to reveal the Father 
In the same way that Jesus revealed the Father to the woman caught in adultery, in the same way we would see what the Father's like all across this nation. I pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen, amen, amen. To get daily teaching from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever. For more information, please visit us online at JesusImage.tv or write us at Jesus Image, P.O. Box 950-640, Lake Mary, Florida, 32795. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Jesus is the answer for every life, everywhere.